0: Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Hi, I'm Scott Hahn, and I'd like to invite you personally to join me and Breadbox Media on August 24th in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. For a day of spiritual renewal, I'll be presenting three talks, one on St. Joseph, one on the Sacrament of Matrimony, and another one on the Holy Eucharist. Learn more and register at breadboxmedia.com forward slash PA conference. I hope to see you there. Celebrate our God-given freedom and faith while honoring our Blessed Mother with Girelli's USA Rosary. Each state is represented on this rosary's 50 beads. Red, white, and blue enamel adorn its patriotic crucifix. Get yours today. Shop www.ghirelli.com.
1: Welcome to Why Do Catholics? The podcast from Catholics about the Catholic faith and what we believe. I'm your host, Rachel Bryson. Joining me again, welcome back, Father Josh Cavender. Well, Father, thank you for for joining us for another episode of our Why Do Catholics podcast talking about the sacraments. I know the sacrament today, you know, we're talking about uh, the Eucharist. So, I mean, what is the Eucharist?
2: What is the Eucharist? The Eucharist plain and simple is Jesus. That sounds crazy. What do you mean this bread is the god of the universe, the Jesus that walked 2000 years ago? You must mean it's, you know, spiritually symbolically. No, the the Eucharist is Jesus. And so the Eucharist is a very unique sacrament because all of the other sacraments give powers they give a grace to do something. In baptism, we receive the grace of the forgiveness of our sins and becoming a child of God, being incorporated into Christ. In reconciliation, forgiveness of our sins and healing that relationship with God. Confirmation, we become evangelists. But in the Eucharist, we get Jesus himself. All of the other sacraments flow from the Eucharist and bring us back to the Eucharist, because they bring us to Jesus himself, and they flow from Jesus himself.
1: Oh nice. So that is definitely powerful when you think about it if you try to visualize that every sacrament is leading us back to this one of the Eucharist. And now you did say that it's different. Can you just maybe explain the difference a, a little bit more?
2: Sure. For example, this sacrament Jesus shows up in spiritual ways in a sense in baptism. Like we are we become sacramentally connected to christ but it's not like our soul is radically changed it is radically changed but we we don't lose ourselves in the process of being baptized in our connection with christ mm-hmm. right we our soul is marked it's connected to but n- in no way destroyed by that relationship with christ in the eucharist bread and wine start as bread and wine and we see bread and wine, but they become like it's the, the the what is itness, you know, of the you know we'd say like, well, what is that? Well, it, it it's wine. What is that? It's bread. The what of what we're seeing is taken out and is replaced completely and totally by Christ. So while we still see bread and wine, it is Jesus's body and blood, soul and divinity, mm. and 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 you know why why would we do it that way well first of all jesus promised to be with us for all eternity and on one level if you wanted to be with jesus for all eternity in this world even if he had just stayed in his bodily form could you imagine the lines it would take to go and visit jesus as opposed to stopping into any church in the world that has a tabernacle that jesus is present there he has made a home there so jesus using this image of the manna in the desert that he had, he had worked. Jesus is God. So he worked with Moses in the desert to feed the Israelites for these 40 years in the desert. Now we're stuck on this, not stuck, but we're, we have passed through the waters of the Red Sea in baptism, but we're not to the promised land yet. We didn't make it to the gates of heaven. Mm-hmm. So we have this, maybe not 40 years, it's not like after you're baptized, you get a 40-year clock until you, you, know, you get to the gates of heaven. That would be a really interesting spiritual reality, but God didn't make it that way. So we have this time in the desert where we need to be sustained, and Christ gives us this bread that is himself to be able to get us to the gates of heaven. And it is the bread of angels. It is, it is the, the heavenly bread itself, uh, Jesus, the bread of life.
1: And I know as, as Catholics, we truly believe that the bread and the wine are turned into the body and blood of Christ. And, and I know that that's can be, you know, it certainly can be a hard concept for Catholics to accept that teaching and and really trust it on faith. Um, But certainly it it can be a hard concept for non-Catholics as Mm -hmm. well to understand that that's one of our beliefs. So can you address that at all?
2: Absolutely. It would be an absolutely preposterous thing to say that that bread is the God of the universe and a living person. It would be. It is absolutely ridiculous unless Jesus himself commanded it and said that it was so. So one of the places that we look is John 6. I am the bread of life. That's the the bread of life discourse. And so Jesus feeds the multitudes with uh, the 5,000 with bread. And then in John, he gives a theology of what he did. So we start looking at this and, and, okay, we see that, you know, I am the bread of life. Okay, well, Jesus has many I am statements, like, you know, I am the sheep gate, I am the shepherd, I'm the good shepherd, you know, I am the light of the world. Well, last time I checked, Jesus wasn't actually a sheep gate, and he wasn't exactly a light bulb, you know, floating around, you know, lighting up the world. So, it seems like all of those are symbolic, to a certain extent. It reveals a reality about himself. And I would say that's, that would be a safe assumption. So, Jesus moves on with this discourse. He uh, he's okay, I am, I am the bread of life. Just as Moses, just as God gave through Moses the manna in the desert, and they ate it and lived, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Okay, well, there's a simple syllogism there. I am the bread of life, and you must eat this bread. Well, if I check my my logic correctly, that means that we must eat Jesus. So the people realized what Jesus was saying throughout this discourse, and they said, this is a hard saying. Uh, How could we believe this, that you mean that we need to eat you, right, Jesus, mm-hmm. that's, cannibalism isn't a good thing, that's, that's, that's like a basic Bible 101 relationship with God, we don't eat people, and what does Jesus say, you know, oh, you caught me, I was just being symbolic, no, he becomes very specific, he says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you, and in English, we just hear eat, 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 and as he was saying this, you know, you must eat the bread of life. Your fathers ate the, the manna in the desert. They, they keep using this, uh, the, the Greek words, just general eat. estheo is to, to simply eat. But when he changes and he says, no, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. He changes the Greek word. to so the word that means, it means to gnaw, to chew. So it's a very graphic word. So unless you gnaw on the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. You have no life within you. So then combining that theology of that we actually have to eat Jesus, so when we look with with what happened at the Last Supper, when Jesus took bread, he uh, said the blessing, broke the bread, uh, and and said, this is my body. And similarly with the chalice, this Mm -hmm. is the chalice of my blood. That he's not being symbolic. That Jesus said, this is my body, and looking at how it was presented in, in John, that he literally meant that this is my body and you have to eat it uh, or else we, had, we don't have any life within us. We are literally consuming the source of life in the Eucharist.
1: Wow. Wow. That, that is uh, powerful. And, and I think you explain that very well. So what would you say, you know, what would you say for, for a Catholic who, who might still be saying like, okay, no, no. Father Cavender, you know, I've, I've heard that. It sounds great, but I'm still struggling with it.
2: Sure. Jesus seemed to make a lot of crazy claims in his life. He claimed to be God, and Jesus claims to be the bread of life, and we have to eat him and, and stuff like that. And so that can kind of be hard to believe. I mean, he proves himself over and over and over again through miracles, through doing all these things. Ultimately, he proved that he, that he was the only one that could do stuff that God can do. And what was that most fundamentally? That he himself entered into death and rose again. It's the joy of Easter, not just saying that Christ has defeated death, but that he did something that nobody else could do, that he promised he would do it. People didn't believe him. And then he said, look, I rose from the dead. Only God can do that. Now, if God can create the universe in a single instant, the smartest people in the world are discovering science, and they're, but they're discovering the laws that God wrote into the universe. God is the mastermind mm-hmm. of everything. He has created everything from the universe to the complexities of, of the human heart. So how complex would it be for God to actually change bread and wine into himself? I wouldn't believe it unless Jesus said so. So one of the things is, is if we're struggling in that faith is to actually just take Christ at his word and spend time with him. Mm-hmm. Get to a chapel, get to adoration if you can, and say like, like the prayer of, of, of the man in the gospel, Lord, help my unbelief. Right, help my unbelief. Like I trust you. I'm struggling believing this. Just you help me because this is what you've said. And you promised that you would. So I'm asking for your help.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Father, so much for, for this explanation on the Eucharist and, and why it is such a powerful sacrament in, in the sacraments of the Church.
2: Well, thank you very much. And the Eucharist is is so wonderful. I just I, I just recommend that everybody just spend that time with Christ in the Eucharist.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. This has been Why Do Catholics, a podcast from the Diocese of Harrisburg. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tours, Divine Mercy Pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzo.com. Thank you, and God bless.
0: fellowship and love.